Did you know April is Couples Appreciation Month? To celebrate, Lover's Lane is offering free ground shipping on any purchase, $35 or more, for every day in April at loverslane.com. Hello and welcome to the Intimacy Advisor podcast. I am so excited today because I have my very first guest on the show and I think that you all are going to love her as much as I do. Elle Chase is a certified sexuality educator and author of the book Curvy Girl Sex, as well as some really fun, I guess maybe not the author of the coloring books, but there are some really awesome coloring books that Elle inspired. And gosh, I'm trying to remember, Elle, do you know when we met? Uh, I don't. I mean, it must have been like around 2000. 12 or 13 or something like that. I was going to say, I think it was probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. I think the, one of the first classes I saw you present was a body acceptance oriented class. Yeah. And I mean, it's just even interesting to think about how much that movement has changed in the last yeah. years. <laughs> it's true. But, it's true. Yeah. I mean, you've been, you've been doing this work for a long time. And so, you know, I always think that people are best at telling their own stories. I've just introed the tip of the iceberg. Is there anything else that you would like uh, listeners to know about you? Um, I think I think you pretty much summed it up. I mean, I started uh, my sex education career really focusing on body image and intimacy, what you need to do, how you need to um, reframe your thinking when you're about to get intimate with somebody else and also yourself. Um, But I am a sex educator um, uh, in general too. And um, I'm also very curious about relationships and dating and and how that all sort of figures into a feminist perspective and changing mores and um, belief systems and and all of that and and still being able to date. So that's uh, that's kind of what I want people to know, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you just created the perfect bridge because we are going to talk about dating today. And the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is not only because of your long history of education work, but I also feel like you have, I mean, your social media platforms are really inspiring and Mm -hmm. your work is not only just about people expanding and getting in a really good relationship with themselves and their bodies, but I feel like you also teach me a lot about relationships and specifically dating where like, I feel so out of step with like what the dating trends are these days. And I feel like you really have your finger on the pulse. Well, I mean, if I do, it's only because of my very good friends who I go to with for counsel, because I'm trying to figure it out like everybody else is. And, and I just happen to have really smart 
really good friends that don't, uh, that, you know, are, are in the sexuality field or relationship field or both, but also give really good advice that I'm not, um, uh, where I'm not thinking objectively, they will, they will, they will think of something and then I will sort of, um, sew it into my, to my experience and my own sort of philosophy of living and who I want to be. So, <laughs> yeah, I will say that sex education, uh, sex educators, relationship coaches are really yeah. good friends. To have. Yes, they are um, really good we, friends to have. We count ourselves very lucky to be in that community of people. Yeah, because um, you know, it, we're sex educators. We're not necessarily sex and relationship educators. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we're in a really interesting moment right now. I feel like some of us are still kind of walking that line of like, oh, what is pandemic life? Like, is it changing? Are things actually opening up? Is this temporary? And then some people are like diving all in, but like, I mean, at least for me, I'm really reacquainting myself with the life that I had before all of this started two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess just how are you generally navigating this time and specifically around, you know, new relationships or starting to engage with people again? Well, I... I kind of look at it this way is that my life and probably if I'm feeling it, other people are feeling it too, is that it's sort of inextricably changed or inextricably linked to being able to, um, to have, because we had to sort of get insular. We were forced to spend time with ourselves or our immediate family um, and create a whole new life without, without being able to, um, you know, connect with others outside of our pod or bubble. Mm -hmm. And so I think that has changed us in the way we think about our own time and relationships and also going out in the world. And I don't think I'm, I'm any different in that, you know, I was an introvert before. And so (laughs) um, the pandemic, you know, being alone wasn't super hard for me. I have to be honest, like, I, I was still able to connect in ways that I did before. And, um, and that was great. But during the pandemic, I think a lot of people moved and uh, most of my friends moved away. So now that we are able to get out and be around people more, my social circle has completely flipped. So I have to do things on my own now. And as an introvert, that was, that's always been very hard to do things by myself. And, um, and so now I'm forced into it. And I think that is, is how I'm sort of navigating this is really sort of having to step up to that, that ability to adult and just go, you know what, I'm going to go to a concert by myself. And I'm going to uh, go to an art fair by myself. And I'm going to do all of those things. Um, and just try and enjoy it and find a different type of enjoyment than I would with, but that, that I would by sharing it with somebody, uh, a close friend. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. My girlfriend is an introvert and for the most part, she's like, this was great. <laughs> and I yeah, am, exactly. <laughs> I'm more of an extrovert. So I certainly have some social anxiety, but uh, you know, I think that that introvert extrovert dichotomy in terms of how folks handled the pandemic is yeah. really interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do know that you are dating. Yeah. And I'm just so curious. I haven't dated in a long time. <laughs> and actually, little known fact, I've never done online dating, which yeah. is so I feel like I need to have like my gold star taken away from me or something. Like no. <laughs> I don't you know. Like it's like this really weird, you know, cultural phenomenon that I just have completely missed out on. And um, so I'm just so curious, like, how would you describe the current dating landscape? Well, in some ways, it's no different than it was before, because I don't think people are thinking of it that way. When they go back to dating, they haven't changed their paradigm at all. Um, But in some way, I think I feel like hopefulness is in the air Mm. um, and that folks are cautious, but excited to get out there and meet, whether it's online or out in the world. I, I still, you know, online dating is highly problematic and it, it, it has always been that way and it continues to be, but I think maybe for some of us, we've gotten clearer on what we want. And, uh, and for that matter, I mean, during, during isolation, I got really clear too on what I want and, um, figured out that I'm, I'm not straight, that I'm queer Mm. and that I could actually find what I want um, in someone I hadn't traditionally thought of as a partner. So that is something that came out of spending a lot of time by myself. And I don't know if that is showing up necessarily in online dating, but it has certainly um, expanded the realm of of choices from straight cis men to everybody else and that makes it much more easy to navigate so oddly enough i have i find myself much more able to go about dating in a healthier way for me because i've expanded my choices and and i've also expanded my choices as far as age you know, um, and I wouldn't date anyone younger than me. And now I, I've been dating people that are like 10, 15 years younger than me. And most of them have been like, you know, not for me as a partner, but for me for, you know, a quick, you know, friend with benefits situation, um, which also has its place. How exciting. Gosh, you're like in the middle of a spring awakening on so many levels, like re-emerging in the world, uh, expanding your playing field. That just sounds like a really exciting time. You know, I mean, and this kind of brings me to like, when I think about when I've been quote unquote, most successful uh, in dating, it's like when I have gotten really clear with myself Mm -hmm. about what I'm looking for 
And when I'm, when I'm not really clear about what I want, I have had terrible luck. And then it's like, you know, played into just like a story around like, oh, I'm not lovable or not desirable or whatever. And, uh, and really what it is, is I just didn't know what I want and was sort of muddled in my approach. Yeah. Like when I sit down and I make my list of like, yeah. this is what I'm looking for. This is how I want to feel. And then I'm able to dive in. It's mm-hmm. been really successful. And certainly that was the place that I was in before my girlfriend and I got together. And so I guess like I'm hearing you say that you've actually really expand. like I think of it as like I'm narrowing down when I'm getting clear, but you've actually really expanded. And so I guess I'm wondering like, what's been the approach that's most successful for you? And is it different if you, or if you're advising someone uh, are looking for a hookup versus Mm -hmm. looking for someone to be in a relationship with? Well, I think uh, just to go back to just what you said, I, I narrowed, I expanded, let's put it this way. I narrowed down what was most important to me. And because of that, I expanded. Mm. So I found what was super important to me, what I'm physically attracted to that I can't deny, what I'm physically attracted to that might change if someone is unkind or if someone has a great sense of humor, you know? Um, So that sort of made me expand. But I think for me, when looking for someone as a partner, as opposed to a hookup, I am much more able to forgive certain things when it's a hookup. Like they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to, you know, um, they don't have to text me as much as I would want to be texted by a partner. They don't have to, you know, be thoughtful in ways that don't pertain to us hooking up. You know, like there's certain things that I can bend for that I wouldn't bend for in a, in an actual relationship. I don't know if I'm being completely articulate here, but yeah, no, I, I am. I, I like, there's more flexibility. There's more in- flexibility because you don't really, you know, it's not going to last a long time. And, and I think that has also come into play. There are different ways to think about it as far as a hookup, a friend with benefits, a fling, a dating, like all of those things can be different. And you just have to decide how that's going to be different for you because all of those things mean different things for different people, you know, because people have different, different ways that they relate. Does that make sense? I, this like makes me think of my tendency to negotiate against myself. Like what I mean by that is that I sometimes will, you don't give people credit for uh, having an interest in meeting my needs. So Mm -hmm. I'll just withhold what my needs are. And then that's just a recipe for resentment or misalignments or those sorts of things. And so, you know, I think that like, it can be really scary Mm -hmm. to be clear and to communicate what you want. But the truth is, is that that act of bravery has so much like positive returns on it, you know? Oh, yeah. 
and it comes down to who who's the person I want to be, right? So like I said to my friend, Anne, like, I'm going to get hurt either way in this situation, but I'm going to have fun before I do it. And I'm going to learn something from that. So I'm going to be the person I want to be. I'm going to go into this with my heart open. So I sort of talked it out with her and I just thought, yeah, I want to be the type of person who is going to let herself feel things. And that's scary. And I am very sensitive. So I will get my feelings hurt and this will happen, but I want to at least try and stay with that feeling and work through it so that it doesn't become a problem and a, a barrier to being intimate with all types of people, friends and family and partners and hookups and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. I mean, that makes me think of a roadblock that comes up for a lot of people, which is fear of rejection, uh, you know, fear of getting their feelings hurt, uh, perhaps even like impatience with the process. Like you're going to come across people that you are not compatible with. Like these are really Mm -hmm. common things that hold people back from dating. And so what do you, I mean, how do people build up a tolerance for those things um, or still get something out of dating, even if, you know, things, people show up that aren't a really clear match or a potential mate, things of that nature. Well, that happens 90% of the time. And (laughs) I, I, I look at it maybe even like 95% of the time, but I look at it as practice. I look at it every time I go out on a date, I don't, I lower my expectations of what that date is supposed to be because the, um, you know, media and, and culture tells you, you know, what the perfect date is and what it isn't. And so you're always hyper aware. So I just look at it as practice. I go in to try and connect with the person and I don't expect chemistry anymore at that first date. Mm. Um, And so, because chemistry can build, I mean, it's great if there's instant chemistry, but also instant chemistry can kind of blind you to yellow flags, red flags. It can make you think about things that are (laughs) more augmented as than they should be. And um, it can, I mean, I don't know, at least for me, it gets me really like fluttery and I'm more apt not to be myself. But um, I think that was sort of a revolutionary thing that my friend Jacqueline said to me, which was, you know, chemistry can be built. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It absolutely can. Um, and in fact, I kind of prefer that if I'm looking for a partner. Um, because I think that it gives us an opportunity to get to know each other better. So I sort of give myself a three date rule, although I have not yet been able to do three dates. Is that um, <laughs> if you meet someone and you like them a lot, but you're just not attracted to them, but maybe you could see yourself being attracted to them if there were some other qualities that you like thrown in there. So you go on dates, you go on at least three dates. And if by the third date, you're still not attracted to them, then you're probably not going to be attracted to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at least you've given yourself the, um, the chance to make a connection with somebody instead of dismissing them immediately because there was no sexual attraction at the onset 
that's a lot of pressure to put on to people when they first meet. Yeah. Especially if you're just meeting for drinks or coffee or something. Yeah. Yeah. So rejection is just part of it. Like actors, you know, they say, you know, my job is to audition and my pleasure is to act. Hmm. So, um, so if you look at it that way, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's my, it's, I, I date. And when I find someone that's great, but it's part of rejection is just going to be part of it. And going on sucky dates is just going to be part of it. Do you, you think know. that there are any platforms that are out there that are better at helping folks navigate finding the right fit? Um, in general, I think all the dating apps are kind of missing the mark, but in my experience, I have found that Field, F-E-E-L-D, has been great for um, hookups or finding a friend with benefits or something like that because people are much more able to be clear about what they want and they're not shy about it. Um, and you could even find a partner on there. There are some people that are looking for partners that have that can speak at the top of their intelligence about their sexuality without it going to a weird place. There is There are people that are heavily into kink. Um, who can be really specific about it, all different types of people. Um, and, uh, you know, I have not found that Hinge or OkCupid work for me. Um, I have found Bumble and Tinder, and that is like really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not terrific options. Um, I mean, I am a queer person that primarily dates men or, or masculine people, and that is, that's a hard one to find, um, especially with, with an open mind to talk about sex positivity without getting gross. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts on like the first date setup that minimizes the awkwardness or kind of cuts through the bullshit? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me again, like it works to have, I always like to do it at night because I just don't feel sexy during the day. Mm. So, <laughs> so I like doing nighttime, um, uh, for coffee or a drink. And I say, Hey, yeah, let's get together for like an hour and just do a vibe check. I think the, the word vibe is very, uh, prevalent in the dating scene at the moment. Um, and yeah, that's super low pressure too. Yeah, it's super like we're low gonna, pressure. We're, we have a time limit. Yeah. We're just getting a feel. And so then it's like, if it doesn't click or there's no point of sort of entry for yeah. the yeah, next yeah. step, that's so great. You know, the other thing that makes me think of is like one of the things that I recommend to people around just expanding their pleasure potential is like Ooh. time of day is a really important aspect yeah. of that. You know, like I think a lot of people it's funny because I'm almost the opposite that like sometimes at the end of the day, you're getting my most tattered, frayed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> self. Yeah. So there yeah. are things about like early morning meetups yeah. that are like, you really get my vibrance <laughs> yes. and like, yeah. I love morning sex and those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love that. Like thinking of the time of day that is... Yeah when you're really at your best or you feel just most in your erotic self. Yeah. And I also like too, and I think this is just great for, 
you know, bigger dates or whatever is that there is, I love getting into the ritual of, of the self-care of, of getting ready for something. Mm. So like my friend with benefits will, you know, I'll know that he's coming over and I'll be like, so this is what I do when I take a shower. And this is the oil I use on my body. And this is how I want the house to look. And these are the candles I light. And this is, you know, I like to have these color sheets and like, I make it as much um, romantic and comfortable for me. So I don't have to rely on somebody else to make that, um, scene uh come alive for me it's already alive when i when when he gets there and i don't have to think about all of that you know yes i love that i love that and it's so also much. the only time that i clean the house <laughs> <laughs> so i have like, i'm to getting have laid this is some yeah. good motivation <laughs> i do not want to like open my eyes and see a dust bunny because that'll just ruin it for me yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that makes me also just think that that's very relatable for folks in committed relationships Yeah, too. And, you know, it's so in long-term relationships, the thing that it becomes, I think the dominant energy and where you yes. have, um, you know, a drop off in eroticism mm -hmm. is that there are mm -hmm. so many different layers to oh, yeah. how you are engaging with somebody. And there's a lot of depth of intimacy that can come out of that, but oftentimes mm -hmm. at the um, cost, like the cost is like a real mm -hmm. decrease in that intentionality towards um, yeah. erotic connection. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to continue to date your partner, even if that's like, almost carving out like a role play type oh, world yeah. that you engage in where you go on first dates with each other. But, you know, like, yeah. what do you have any recommendations for couples that have lost that like new relationship energy and how they can be dating each other still? Yeah, I think, you know, it's like you were saying, it is so it's, it's such a, it's so particular to each couple because everyone has, you know, some people have kids, some people don't have kids. Some people, you know, hate their jobs. Some people don't hate their jobs. You know, some people have chronic illnesses that, that figure into it, you know, there are all those different things, but I think what it comes down to is feeling special and making your partner, or at least trying to impart to your partner, how special they are to you and how special you think they are to the world um, and finding ways to do that because I think that that stokes desire um, more than what other people might think like let's have a date night great but what's behind having that date night is it sex or is it getting closer to your partner or is it connecting with your partner and I always think that connecting with your partner leads to the rest. Um, and also there are practical things like during the pandemic, I would tell people, if you are stuck in the same house and you happen to have like a living room and a bedroom, maybe you guys sleep separately for a while, you know, like take Create some of the, the familiarity distance. out of it. Yep. Create the distance. Like I, I tell people I don't ever want to live with anyone again. And if I do, I want to have separate bedrooms. I think, you know, for me, it takes some of the um, eroticism out of, 
out of the relationship for me personally to be sleeping with someone and not have my own space to go to. Um, but that can also be something that people work with when they don't live with each other. I mean, there are people that get married and don't live with each other. Um, and that seems to work for them. Yeah. It is amazing. There's so many different ways to relationship and we're never told that. No, it's a lie. There's not only one way. (laughs) That's right. It's the total lie. You you know what? All those weird things that you think are weird are not so weird. (laughs) I guarantee you other people are doing them and are perfectly happy. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. It's just a matter Uh, of making sure that both partners' needs are met. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Different ways. It's even finding, I mean, Anne Hodder-Ship's book, um, The New Modern Love Languages, or Mm -hmm. the new, I always, I I can never remember. It's 18 Modern Love Languages. gives you, you know, 18 more languages that you can look at and see and talk about with your partner from like sending memes back and forth to, um, you know, upskilling and, and all these different ways that are more than those five sort of heteronormative ways that that guy came up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. I plug speaking from the heart all the time. That's it. Because it's so important and it's so genius and it's, it is something that everyone can relate to. Um, even with friendships, it doesn't have to be romantic relationships. And, and it gives you all these different languages to explore with your partner that can, um, fill their cup. Yeah. So to speak. Oh, Elle, this has been so great. I feel like this is all so relatable and, uh, multi-layered, you know, you have such vast experience, not just professionally, but also personally, what, um, do you feel like there are any resources out there that you want people aside from speaking from the heart field is it F E E L D? Yes. Field is for hookups or even for sex positive people that might be looking for a relationship or are not sure about what kind of relationship they're looking for. All different things. Check it out. Um, I love uh, Logan Uri's, I don't know how to say her last name, book on dating called How Not to Die Alone. It's an awful title, but um, <laughs> it has a lot of effective, good back, however. <laughs> yes, effective, because you'll remember it. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she gives a lot of, you know, she gives a lot of practical dating advice. Um, and, um, and it's a quick read. Um, and there's, uh, an Instagram that I love to follow called your diagnonsense. Yes. Yeah. He's great. Uh, and I'm always like, but you're so young, Uh, (laughs) but he's great. He's wonderful. And so, Uh, I think those are really some great places to go for some inspiration or some feedback. And And where can people find you? Well, I am mostly on Instagram. Uh, The L Chase is what I am across all social media and um, lchase.com. Yes. Awesome. I highly recommend your Instagram. I find so many interesting resources through your Instagram and it just feels your Instagram feels generous. That's the word that I want. Oh, that's a nice way to put. Thank you. I, you know, I will tell you that I will hate myself on many levels, but I am very good. (laughs) I'm very good at curating. And I think that that, I think that's where I look at my Instagram as I try and curate um, things that people can really connect to. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's a really nice blend of information and then really sexy, 
um, erotic inspiration as well. Great. Thank you. Yeah. L the curator. Well, thank you so much for your awesome. time. Thank you. I really appreciate all your insights. And um, I'm excited to hear about how this dating, this post pandemic dating life goes. Yes. I'm excited to find out too. Mm, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much and um, be well and everyone stay sexy and we will return soon with a new episode Did you know April is Couples Appreciation Month? To celebrate, Lover's Lane is offering free ground shipping on any purchase, $35 or more, for every day in April at loverslane.com.